deals. And Bonds hit from high. It's a game. It is out of here. 3-2 to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. Halliday is one strike away. The 0-2. A bouncer. Ruiz. In time. Roy Halliday has thrown a no-hitter. Steal a little summoning from you, Dave. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing it a long drive. Deep left field. Going, going. Dean one on the line. That would be a line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Show of Baseball podcast. It is your host, Rai Rai Jones, as always. This week, once again, joined by Chris, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Hi, friends. We've got a lot of stuff to get into again this week. We have two more team moratoriums as more and more teams get eliminated from the postseason some stuff going on with the baseball some things to look forward to i guess next year with the baseball but i think we want to get into the team moratoriums first again and i don't think of a better place to start than a team that probably didn't think this is how their season would end and that is the chicago cubs no they looked like the front runners pretty much all year and just it's it's been a rough september for them Four-game sweep to the Cardinals just happened. Yeah, Baez injury, Bryant injury late. Last Rizzo year, injury. Rizzo injury. Last year, Joe Madden, everybody thought they'd be riding high and playing hard for him. And now it looks like they're going to completely clean house. I, I would not have seen this coming. I, I didn't think it was good. I thought it would be bad. Pakoda had them five games under five hundred, which I thought was a little unfair, but they might actually finish there. It's kind of crazy. Do you think Madden might be one of these one one of the coaches that kind of like gets a spark right away and then wears out his welcome? You can't have him be your coach for ten years, but three four yeah. years. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a huge thing. I'm going to be more interested in how they handle the front office with Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein. They've been there since 2011. They kind of have orchestrated this whole team and their draft strategies, and and even getting them to this point. So I will be interested to see if they do replace them as baseball president and GM and see who the new stat front office or the old front office brings in as a, as a manager for this kind of aging team that may not have its core together next year. So Theo Epstein, architect of the Sox renaissance, architect of the Cubs renaissance, if you had, if you had your like, movie ending story what team would he go to next to you know eliminate some demons and bring back glory i don't even know who has the longest streak in baseball now it's not the padres is it it's not i don't think it's the padres if if you do not count the dead years i know dc is third Mm -hmm. um but i don't remember who's first and second i know minnesota's kind of up there their last one was what 90 
89? Something that. Why are the Mariners jumping to mind? I feel like they haven't they've, won they've, they've never made the World Series. They've never okay. been to a World Series. Them and the Nationals. Well, Expos Nationals, but DC's last championship was 1923. So Ep- Epstein's MO does seem to be going to teams that are flush with talent and then you know turning that talent into a title. Yeah, I I would be interested to see what team would be interested in him um if they decided if they decided to let him go. But but more interesting, I feel like with the Cubs specifically is no matter what happens in the front office and with the managerial staff, they have a really really big opt out for a player this year in Anthony Rizzo. And he could opt out of the last 2 years of his deal and walk away. And then with Baez emerging as this player you can rely on, is this the is this the offseason where the Cubs trade Chris Bryant? It could be. And usually when you're talking about hitters in 2019, you're not looking at getting back a big haul. Bryant is a huge exception to that. Bryant would he he'd fetch some value back. He if you trade him, you're getting a king's ransom. He's young. He's productive. He's got amazing eyes. Have you ever looked into his eyes? Yes. That's worth at least a B-level prospect. On yeah. Zone. Yeah. Exactly. But, it it's crazy. It's it's crazy to think that they would be doing, thinking it. Well, looking up and down their team, it's it's kind of stunning that they didn't make the playoffs. They have an absurd number of productive players. They have nine guys that put up at least 1.4 war. They have three guys who put up at least four. So they, they have the upper-level talent. They have the mid-range talent to support it. it they, they just fell apart. I think the age of the starting pitchers is what caught up to them this year. Which it caught up to them surprised this year. me. Yeah. And it's not going to change. Every single no. pitcher, every single pitcher that they have this year, uh, I think I think Hamels is a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. But it, let's say let's say they retain Hamels. Every single guy they have is on the wrong side of thirty. Hendricks is going to be thirty. Quintana is going to be thirty-one. Darvish thirty-three. Lester if he doesn't opt picks. out, I can't. I, I, do you think he'd get a monster contract if he opted out? I think he would get the exact same deal he got last time. Yeah, he's. he's I think he could get. An, I think he could get another six-year, one hundred and ten million dollar deal. <laughs> You think he can get six years at thirty three with his yeah. track record? Yeah, Ooh. I think he could. I, don't I think know. I think they'd front load it. He has looked super good, and or put a lot half. of and or put a lot of money into bonuses for appearances for starts per season. I'm I'm going off the dome here. I don't remember the exact stat, but I know he put up like an unprecedented number of twelve k games in a row in the second half. Like yeah. he was, he's he's been just striking fools out left and right. It's been amazing. The, the other thing is you got to understand that a lot of teams are are starving for starting pitching and maybe willing to overpay because they missed out this off past off season. Um, looking at the Yankees and Phillies as two examples, I actually go the other way, not years. AAV. Yeah. I think I think some team could throw like four years 120 Adam something something wild like that yeah it, it 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 could be possible it's possible I definitely think I definitely think he might get more more money now that we understand pitching value and stuff a little bit better than the last time he was on the market three years ago yeah and th- he produces some very very 
as aesthetically pleasing pitching. His pitches have some of the most movement in baseball. He throws half a dozen pitches, maybe more. I think it's I think, definitely I think more. he has seven or eight official pitches. It's it's yeah. crazy. So what do you think their plan should be in the offseason? I think you have to reload the farm system after some of the, quite frankly, bad trades you've made the last couple years, um, looking mm-hmm. at the Quintana deal. And... Um, maybe even the Chapman deal. I understand you guys won the World Series that year, but flags fly forever, man. Yeah, but you, you, yeah, man. I mean, I'm just imagining because that was Torres, right? Glaber, yeah, yeah. Just, just think about if they had him this year when people went down. Bane of the Orioles, Glaber Torres. Yeah, right. Um, I got. I think you. I think you've got to realize this is this is a two year teardown. You've got Ian Happ, and you got some other guys like uh, Nico Horner who are coming up right now. Um, I think this is a partial teardown. I think you let Hamels go. I think you, if Darvish uh, doesn't opt out, I think you trade him, and I think you trade Bryant. I think you try to keep Rizzo, and you kind of retool and maybe contend in 2021. But I think next year it's a punt for the Cubs, unfortunately. So, but, you know, you, you still ended the streak. The last thing I want to say about the Cubs, even if they do go the partial teardown route, I think they have enough. Uh, the, I think they have enough people who could step up where they could do that kind of pseudo rebuild retool. Uh, they have Caratini. Caratini produces anytime he plays. They have uh, Bodie, always produces. The dude hits the ball so hard. He put up uh, both of those guys, Victor Caratini and, and David Bodie. Both of them put up about one and a half WAR in. You know, it'll say give or t- three hundred at bats, uh, play appearances, give or take. 50. Yeah. So, I they they have younger guys on cheap contracts who can step up when they deal the veterans. Yeah. So let's move on to the Texas Rangers. You Darvish's former team. Hey, we got a theme. Hey. So the Rangers, they they were eliminated a little while ago. We kind of passed them over in our previous moratoriums. Yeah. But they are a very interesting case. They're the way their roster is constructed and the performances they've gotten this past year makes them a very interesting case for this upcoming offseason. Yeah. Their roster is a, a very a, a very weird mix of young and old. They've got some very productive, very young players in Nomar Mazzara, Willie Calhoun, Joey Gallo, Nick Solak. And then they've got the the, the Hunter Pence Renaissance. Hunter Pence put up like 128 WRC plus this year. Literally, no one saw that coming. That's probably my single number one most wild 2019 stat. Yeah, it was it was insane. I they I'm impre- I was just impressed that they you know they weren't really going for it, and yet somehow you know they're still like what only going to finish six or seven games under 500. Yeah, they're ahead of the Angels. Like, if, if I just yikes, told, yeah, like if I just asked you, like, how do you think the Texas Rangers did this? Year? I would have said fifth in the division, fourth like, behind the Mariners. They're relatively the Mariners. close to 500. Like they they had a they had a much better year than any anyone could probably guess. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking that it's player development. I, I this is this is a common theme in baseball now. The teams that are the best at player development are the best teams and they have the brightest futures just look at the texas rangers rotation so they have 
two of the three highest wars in the American League by baseball reference. Lance Lynn, Mike Miner. It's how how exactly how is it that ballpark? Possibly that is, that is the how. So if you look on Fangraphs versus Baseball Reference, on Baseball Reference, Lynn and Miner are much higher because the way they measure pitcher war is a lot more dependent on both defense and home ballpark. So Lynn and Miner both get tons of extra credit for pitching in front of a terrible defense and in a terrible ballpark, which favors the hitters very much. Yeah. But the question is, if they were in a better situation, would they would they pitch like the second and third best pitchers in the, in the AL? Probably not. Probably not. But they probably would be better than they did this year. And what they did this year is still you know, damn good. Yeah, they, and they did that behind a bad defense too, which I think is pretty impressive. I, I, to me, the question with the Rangers is what do they do with Odor? Um, fire him into the sun. That sounds like a good plan, man. I like that plan. Sorry, uh, he, he's so inconsistent. I, I don't like low OBP players in general. Yeah. So you have an iffy fielding, iffy on base, streaky player. It's just, let him go. I, I know he got benched for part of the season, too. Deservedly so. Yeah. And he's also had two white hot streaks because that's just the kind of player he is. Yeah. Is but I, And to me, I don't know if the streaks are worth it. No, on balance, he winds up being a pretty rough player. Yep. Throws a mean right hook, though. Yes, he does. This is true. Who can forget when he clocked Jose, Joey Bats? That was Joey Bats so stood good. his ground. Stood his ground. He took that punch like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a player very near and dear to your heart who could wind up with the Rangers this next offseason. Yeah, and I, I kind of think that might be their play on how they, they head into their new stadium next year. And he's and he's kind of a local boy. He's lived more close to Houston than, you know, where the Rangers are in Arlington. But um, the the big free agent on the market's going to be Anthony Rendon, who's a Texas boy. And Can so you imagine I, him hitting in that ballpark? In, no, not in, in this ballpark, in the new one. With oh, a yeah. roof and everything. I, I I think they gotta sell I think they gotta sell tickets in the new stadium. Nobody on the current team. Maybe Gallo. Gallo's fun to watch. But I they need that they need that second that second star draw. And I and honestly I think that might be the play for them in the offseason to contend to, to at least move towards contending is to to bring Rendon home to Texas next in the offseason. I like many baseball fans love Joey Gallo. Also, Joey Gallo is amazing. <laughs> MLB the show legend Joey Gallo, mm-hmm. the Battle glitch Royale himself, legend. so good. And this year we got a diamond, Joey Gallo. Not only that, oh, I'm am t- talking real life. In real life, he was Diamond Joey Gallo. He was hitting dingers. He was hitting for average. He was playing his usual much stronger defense than you'd expect. He was an absolute monster until he got hurt. It's really it's a shame that he only played half the season because the the baseball world wants to see what you get out of a, a healthy hundred percent Joey Gallo. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, I and I think Miraz is the I think Miraz is the real deal too in Texas, so 
you know, between him, Gallo, and Rendon, I think they'd have a pretty good, pretty good three, three there. I'm a, I'm a little concerned that Mazar is always going to be one of those players that you expect to be better than he actually is. Yeah, you always expect the breakout season the next year. Yeah, maybe. It's like every now and then you'll tune into Sports Center and you'll be like, Nomar Mazara hit a 510 foot home run today, and you're like, why doesn't he do that all the time? It's because he's too busy hitting ground balls. That's why. Yeah, he's too, he's too busy getting the singles through the hole. <laughs> yeah. So the I think the tech the Rangers could make some noise with the right moves with with some continued player development if if they pick out a couple more gems uh, of pitchers. Colby Allard looks like he could be something. They picked him up from uh, from Atlanta, and he was he's not bad. Yeah, no, I thought that was a really, really good deal because that was the Chris Martin trade. And they've made some really, really smart trades to get into some more major league and minor league talent. I think they got Nate Jones from Chicago, who was on the DL for next year. They have kind of loaded up where if they can maybe get a pitcher to to bolster that rotation and possibly get Rendon too, I think they, they are definitely a team to watch out for. Probably for the wild card, knowing that they're in the Astros division. But but still, they're a team to watch out for next year, and I think they could be one of the more exciting stories for next for 2020. And the last thing I want to talk about with the Rangers, everyone listening, if you haven't yet, do yourself a favor and pull up a GIF, a, a video of Emmanuel Clase. Watch his cutter. Good God. The man throws 100 with sick cut. It's, it's amazing to watch. Just watch a GIF. It's, oh, man. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, moving on to a, a, a less fun topic, unfortunately. This week, SI did an uh, interview article slash piece on uh, Rusni Castillo, who was a player out of Cuba who signed a seven-year, $72.5 million deal in 2014 with the Boston Red Sox and, and came up in, I think, the September of 15 and then was there in 16 and just wasn't the player that they, they thought he was. He kind of struggled at the major league level and because of the new rules in terms of defer in terms of money in the minor leagues counting towards luxury tax if it is a major league deal was designated off of their roster and probably will never sniff the major leagues again on this contract and the article kind of goes into his mindset about this and it was just a really really to me interesting story to talk about because there are stats that he has and seasons that he's put up since then that suggest he should be in the majors and other stats that say, no, he shouldn't. And it's an interesting look at the risk when you do sign players out of Cuba. Yeah, there's an interesting reversal here where normally when you have a player signed to a big contract, the team is kind of forced into playing them because they're paying them all that money. Whereas... In, th- in this situation, he's just he's never going to set the majors because he's being paid so much money. It's it, it kind of feels NFL ish, in uh, except in a roster building sense and not uh, non guaranteed contract sense. It's just like it, and it, it just winds up being such a disaster for the player. Like he's by all accounts, he's a great person, uh, a really a, a hardworking nice guy he's uh, he's 32 now he's been around the game for a while yeah and, uh, he he earns rave reviews from his coaching staff rave reviews from his teammates and he's just stuck I, I my favorite part of this story though was the fact that he still has his apartment in boston he got when he got called up because he thinks he'll get back there 
it's, it's heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching, but it's like so heartening at the same time. Like this is a guy who knows he be- who thinks he belongs here and is playing with his heart out, and it's just fascinating to me. I think he has this past year he kind of struggled. I think he batted two seventy eight in two thousand nineteen, but since he got demoted, two ninety four batting average, slugging four twenty nine. 719 on base plus slugging. There are there are numbers there that say this this is a guy who could be at the major league level, but they point out in the article he ended up getting blocked by Bradley Jr. and then they moved Mookie Betts to the outfield and then Benintendi came up and then of course they signed JD Martinez and had an even more crowded outfield. It, and it's just it's just so sad that this guy who wanted to come from Cuba to get paid and play in the major leagues, got paid, but because he got paid, isn't in the major leagues. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. I think a very strong comp to Rosny Castillo is Yasmani Tomas with the I, Diamondbacks. I, I would agree. So they're both they're both imports who make a ton of money and have not hit up to expectations in the major leagues. Yeah. Tomas makes even more money than Rosny Castillo. Yeah, he makes $17.8 million next year. Is he is he the highest player pay, paid player on the Diamondbacks? Um, Are we including Zach Granke's money that they pay are paying the Astros to have him pitch for them next year? Then sure. no. Then yeah, second, no, he's not. Second. He's second. So Tomas is in the minors, just like Castillo. Yeah. But... As we've mentioned before here, in the minors right now, there is a super bounce they, ball. They kept that... him up after the rules changed with Tomas, too. Mm-hmm. And so they're end up, he's ending up affecting their luxury tax. That's that's the cautionary tale, right? Yeah. So there's the super bounce ball in AAA. Uh, offense has just exploded in AAA. And Tomas has been a beneficiary of that. Tomas has 29 home runs. He's, he's mashing the ball. He's hitting over 300 with power. Meanwhile... Castillo is having his worst year in at least three or four years with this, you know, with with this insane ball. So, does he deserve to come up? I, I, I was saying this. I was saying this off air when we were going run down the run sheet before we went live. I, I got to think at some point not being called up weighs you down. Like it just is a weight on you. Like I know I can do this and I should be there in the mental game. I, I don't know if it's gotten to him or not, but it certainly kind of sounds like it because he was doing pretty well the two years before. That is true. And uh, interesting note, he did actually have an opt-out for next year, but opted in the first day he could on August 1st for next year at $13.5 million to stay in AAA. Can't, can't believe he didn't opt out of that $13 million. Uh, he, 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 he was asked about it uh, when the SI person interviewed him, and he said... You're not going to opt out of something when you don't have anything else to go on. Yeah. Also, I, worth of note, his agent is Jay-Z. He is at Rock Nation. Not, not literally. <laughs> not uh, literally, but he owns the agency, so I'm going to call him his agent. Do you think if Castillo was a member of the Marlins organization that he would be in the majors right now? Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the Marlins, yes. Some other teams that were on on the edge, um, the Mariners, some other teams, probably, yeah. He could be a major leaguer for probably six or seven teams in the league. 
Yeah, it's a the Sox are playing a different game than a lot of other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we move on? Yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. Um, to uh, another another story about a player who did something weird. I guess I don't this know. There's no little, theme here. There's no theme for this one. Less, this is a lot less heart wrenching. Heart. Yeah. And more just like really, dude. Like, is um, this, this guy's an asshole. He is. Uh, ben Zobrist over the weekend was caught jumping up and down to block the batter's eye on the pitching arm when the Cardinals were batting. And, and it has raised a lot of ethical questions about the legality of this. It's It's wild because apparently he's been doing this for a while. Direct quote from him, I've done this for a long time. I remember doing that in Tampa Bay when we started shifting and Tampa Bay that's going back. He's it's years ago. Yeah. I, I had never heard of this and he's, he's played for a few pretty relevant teams. I remember so. him. I remember him doing it in Tampa for sure. I remember him doing it a few games in Tampa. Yeah. It, it, he's a, he's a notable player on some notable teams doing a really pulling a really dick move and somehow not getting called out. For I, I can find nothing against it in the CBA. There's it's not no the rules. It's not against the rules. It's just a really jerk off thing to do. Yeah, it's not against the rules. But but there's a lot of things that are not against the rules that major league ball players get really up in arms about. Why not this? Yeah, absolutely. Why why is this not one of them? It's one of these Why is, why is he not catching one in the ribs for doing this? Yeah, exactly. I I mean, you're kind of skirting the rule of obscur- obscuring the batter's eye. But that's more of a you can't obscure the batter's eye in the ballpark kind of thing. Right, yeah, it's a, it's a team rule, but the players don't have to follow it. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, the Nats used to have a billboard that would cycle between two different billboards behind the batter's eye and slightly to the right, and they had to completely paint it green because people were complaining about obscuring the batter's eye. So that's what they're talking about with obscuring the batter's eye, but this is not obscuring the batter's eye? The dude is yeah, literally jumping up into it with his white uniform to hide the ball. Like, come on. And it's been brought to the league's attention. It's been brought to the umpire's attention, and it continues to go on. It's just, it's I, I it may just be one of those things where they're like, oh, my hands are tied. There's no rule. Yeah, it's oh man, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's stupid. So Zobrist has been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Zobrist, Zobrist has been a, a a valuable, loved veteran for a while now. Yes. What do you think? the reaction would be like if Yasiel Puig did this and I, all right. So there would already be a rules vote to make it illegal. Yeah. Let's be real here. And let's, let's not, not even, let's not make it like a race. thing. what what if, what if Bryce Harper did it? There were, if, okay. I don't know. Against the nationals. There would already be a rules change. If Yasiel Puig did it, like, come on. Like, if there were more players who were known for being jerk-offs and trying to interfere with the game and things that were doing this, there would have already been a rules change. But because it's a gritty veteran doing it, people are like, eh, it's no big deal. I think that's and I think that's kind of missing the point, to be honest. It's, it's affecting hitters, although how much? Because the cards swept the Cubs, we don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I just can't even imagine if... if so remember last year when Manny Machado was catching so much guff because he like he like 
cleated somebody and threw a bat. And, uh, you know, everyone was all on the Machado's an asshole. Remember when he tried yeah. to kill Josh Donaldson? That's it, yeah. <laughs> but so imagine if during <laughs> all times. that, if, if he was trying to like block the batter's eye while he was doing all that. Yeah. It, 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 people would have lost their minds. Yeah, it absolutely would have lost, absolutely would have lost their minds. Uh, this that, that speaks to a bigger double standard in the game, but uh, I think that it's it's just wild that he's able to do this and you know, no one really makes a big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like this should be against the rules. Like it, it it's so small and it's a little thing, but it feels like it should be against the rules. It feels like it should be under obscuring the batter's eye. Uh, little things make a big difference in baseball. They do. I mean, speaking and, of little things making a big difference in baseball, how about the actual baseball? Perfect transition. Boom. Uh, Commissioner Manfred spoke on the need to make a change to the baseballs. Um, and Forbes had a pretty good summary of the article, including some interesting quotes. The one said that they had convened the group of scientists that worked on the initial study that proved the balls were actually more aerodynamic because they were now being machined instead of hand stitched, among other things, and they had a new core. They've asked them to come up with a new study and, and look at everything that's occurring with the baseball, and they're going to get the new study shortly after the World Series to make a change to the baseball in the offseason. So I think that's good. They're now, doing, they're now doing a study on how can they keep the process machined rather than, you know, rehiring all of the people you fired at the baseball factory to, you know, hand-stitch them again because that was slow. Um and and how do you change the baseball to match what it was before under the new conditions that we have put in? Well, we have we have baseballs from those times still. Like yes. in, in that in that study where the astrophysicist uh, confirmed that the ball was different, she she found out that she she had balls from previous eras that she compared them against, and she you know she had yeah. the measurement of the seams the slickness of the surface just uh, i could tell you machine going from hand stitch to machine stitched would have done this yeah that's the kind of insane part to me about this it seems really obvious in retrospect yeah but i guess it took every single team shattering their home run record for it to really 24 team setting records this year that matter yeah it's it's hurt so many things like it, it's had so it many has. unintended unintended side effects, like AAA being basically useless as as a like a development uh, yeah. place. And spoiler alert: we'll be talking about this in the off season too. Yeah, just just preview preview of that coming up too. I think the one good thing about this, and I have talked so much crap about Commissioner Dipshit, was his quote on what the study will do. And that was the only thing I'm prepared to say at this point in time is that I do think we need to see if we can make some changes to give us a more predictable, consistent performance from the baseball compared to other eras. I think that is the right thing to do. I think it's what it has to happen. And I, I hope this study does give them changes that they can make to the baseball, whether it's changing the weight of the core, changing the core material, changing the padding inside of it, something to counteract the clear new aerodynamics of the baseball with the new machining. Yeah, the the thing about all of this that interests me the most, I, I wonder how we're going to look back on things historically. When when it's 2025, when it's 2030, and uh, when Bryce Joey Harper, Gallo is getting in the home run, into the Hall of Fame over Bryce when, Harper. When Bryce Harper's won his sixth consecutive World Series for, for the... <laughs> 
I love that I can see your face. Um, <laughs> when Jared Klinick's so, hitting 35 home runs a year for the Mariners? No, he's, he's there it is. The <laughs> you wish. For the rest of our farm system. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, it's 2025. We're looking back on statistics. And, are, are you know, are, are we just going to immediately be able to pick out 2019? as I like, oh, you just throw that year out. I don't, I don't know because almost every season ever has had an asterisk next to it. Like, people want to talk about, and this gets into a much larger debate about the steroid era, to be honest, too, but to want to talk about throwing the steroid era and stuff out. But before that, it was people doing cocaine and legal speed, and before that, it was greenies, and before that, it was they weren't competing against African-Americans and Hispanic players. You know, every era has had their asterisk, and if we have a one-year asterisk era where the baseball just happened to be produced slightly differently, and it caused some mistakes, and we learned from it, that's just another asterisk to go in the history of baseball. I think we should just make it a fun era and have dozens. I of think different we need to make make it more aerodynamic. No, just different ones. Some of them are dead. Some of them fly. Some of them are wiffle balls. Just, just throw it all out the window. So what you're saying is we need to turn the MLB into backyard baseball. Yes. So you, pe- people can people can earn the power up to use an aluminum bat. That would be awesome. Get right. It. What was it, Pablo, Pablo Sanchez? Pablo Sanchez, yeah. He was go. so bring good. The, he was bring so the goat good. back. Bring the, the actual back. goat. I want a new MLB. I want, a, I want a new MLB backyard baseball so bad. Speaking of baseball video games. Yeah, speaking of. Wow, two perfect transitions. Uh, MLB The Show, uh, of course, uh, dropped a patch on us a out of nowhere. I forgot they could do that. Yeah, I forgot they could fix hitting and, you know, turn it into MLB The Show 18 again. So we we want to get through the show kind of quickly. So the patch seems good. Have you played it? I have I have played offline mostly on the new patch. I played one ranked seasons game and I got to quit. Suddenly I can hit home runs. It's yeah. wild. It's crazy. You know what I've actually noticed it on too? And this is going to sound nuts. I've noticed the launch, the um, home run per nine, not affecting um, bat off the ball speed on doubles and singles more. See, I've I felt like I have noticed that. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more hundred, five hundred, ten mile an hour singles than I was. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot more. Like Lou Gehrig is putting them opposite field at like ninety nine, hundred and one now. When they were really, really before. So I think that was a really, really good thing, and I think that was a really, really good change coming to it too. It, um, it was. It's been pretty much universally praised. Yeah. And, uh, all the, except question. for the conspiracy theorists who think they did it so that people would play it when it was the PlayStation free-to-play game. Uh, they would have done it when Madden came out if that was it. Mm-hmm. Shut up, conspiracy theorists. Exactly. Uh, the, other, the, other thing, the other thing they announced was the finest fan vote. There's going to be one card per team that everybody gets to vote on, and then I believe they said there's going to be 17 additional cards. Yep. So f- Locks. Quote, locks. Quote, locks. Of which and Anthony yeah. Rendon was not <laughs> one. I gotta be the. I gotta be honest though. I'm okay with Soto being the lock though. If if he's the lock from the Nats or Scherzer being the lock, I'm I okay with either. Soto. I don't think it's Soto because if if it's one per position, it's got to be Acuna, Bellinger, Yelich. Yeah, that's true. It's it's not going to be Soto over those guys. That's true. And he did just get a 91 tops. So, but that was his three, first ever diamond. He has like half. He has like a tenth of the ones that Pete Alonso has. Oh, I mean, Pete Alonso's best first baseman in the league. 
yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in how they're going to do the program, though. I, I, I do wonder, too. So do you uh, – so I hate this decision. What, how do you feel about one six uh, one finest per team? I'm, I'm okay with it if it's going to work how, how I have it theorized in my head that it will work, which is it's going to be its own featured program, and mm-hmm. it's, there's going to be packs. They're going to come from packs. They're going to come from conquest. There's going to be moments. There's going to be all these things we can do to earn them in addition to having the eighth inning program out at the same time. In my head, if that's how it is, I think 47 is the perfect amount of cards. Having one per team so everybody gets excited about them, perfect. Look, I just vote. I just voted for Anarchy, and I voted for a finest Kevin Pillar. Golf clap, golf clap, nicely done. The, the card everyone wants. The card everyone needs. So on top of finest, we also have one more Sony Partner moment coming up. We do. Which is Quash. Yes. Speaking of Kevin Pillar, uh, we've got... A likely Giants card from his moments. Yes, uh, that that is his fandom. So we've got some strong possibilities and some funny possibilities. Yes, will we get a six series Christy Mathewson? Will we get a six series Juan Marichal? Will we get a six series Mike Yastrzemski? Future stars Mike Yastrzemski, even though he's twenty seven, already past his prime. Rookie yeah, year. rookie year past his prime. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking Marichal maybe. Maybe do like a 96, 97. Will we get the world's most juiced Brandon Crawford? Six series Brandon Crawford, like a 96 Brandon Crawford, just juiced to heck. Brandon Belt, if he got to play at cores all the time. I would like that card, to be honest with you. That sounds like a nice card. Yeah. And the last thing about the show coming up, uh, we're finally, finally done with signature teams. Yes, we are. As much as I love playing three-inning game after three-inning game after three-inning game after... You know, but, you know, I got through two here. documentary series on Netflix doing them. Yeah, I don't, know if that's a good, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but we are getting... The last two are going to be Ron Guidry, and, who's in 98 overall six series, and in 99 overall six series, Adrian Gonzalez for the Padres. I think that card's going to be like the Keith Hernandez six series, just with more power. So I'm kind of here for it, I'm, because... Aegon has a good swing. Man, and imagine if he has third base and right field as secondaries. I would, love him, at, I would love him at a at third base. I think I would play him at third too, to be honest with you. I'm more excited. I, I can't wait to see what the collection reward is. Who do you think? They, I still say Trout. They added. They have added a shadow to the artwork on their webs. Uh, in the video, you can see a shadow that also appeared after they announced Aegon, and a lot of people the- are like. It's some, like Mickey Mantle. somebody's like it's in a catcher stance, and so a lot of people are thinking it's going to be Joe Mauer. They, they don't have his rights, though, do they? I don't think they do, but remember, I don't think they do. But yeah, that's true. That's fair too. Sorry, sorry to bust burst the bubble. You know, I forgot he retired. Yeah, uh, I we've talked about this before. It's a real bummer yeah. that they can't get the rights to guys that just retired. Like yeah, Mauer, right. I don't know. Try. I could I could see Maurer halfway through the season being like, yeah, you know, I want to be back in, and then just kind of like drop it as a surprise. To be honest. Yeah, it's it's funny because the guys I just mentioned, right, Maurer, Beltran, yeah. notable notable for being like you know pretty good dudes. So yeah. I, I I can't imagine that they're going to be dicks about their rights. Yeah, I could I I could see I could see it being a surprise. Um the other thing is in the PlayStation announcement for the title, they leaked that Ted Williams is coming in October. It's it's almost October. Yeah. So you my my money's on Trout. Who's your one guess? Uh, 
God, I gotta go Trout too. It's gotta be a modern player. I think it's Trout. Make it so. make it easy. Make it an easy grind ninety nine. Yeah, because yeah, everybody can play the teams on veteran and do it. Grind grind ninety nine has been like yeah. one of the big things they've thrown around this year. They do love that they've given they've given so much content this year. So much of it has been grindable, and it is a huge stark contrast compared to last the year. Of last yeah, year with the hats and the shirt. Oh, they were terrible. Yeah, pay to pay to win. As much as right. as much as people wanted to say it wasn't pay to win and paywall, it was pay to win and paywall. I I I'm I gotta say, like sitting back now, looking at the start of the year when they announced Sig Series and kind of talked about it, I didn't think we would get this many, and I didn't think we'd get this variety. And so, like, I gotta say, sitting here and being like, I'm getting a 98 Ron Guidry and a 99 Aegon, it's a lot better than last year. And there have been complaints about the gameplay and stuff, but like the content has been on point, and they're carrying it through the postseason this year too. So yeah. I just say I'm really happy with it. Last year was the first time I played the show since about 2014, so I had never experienced uh, uh, Diamond Dynasty before. So that was my first experience with it, was that awful Immortal grind. This oh. is so much better. So much better. Yikes. Yeah. But with that, another show has come to a close. As always, we want to thank our patrons, Chris, Jaron, and Real Good Murph. If you guys want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Jones, or you guys can go to anchor.fm slash the show, a baseball podcast, and support us there. And as always, for Chris, this is Rai Rai signing off. Until next week, see you then. <laughs>